Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's April 24th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 43. Here are today's news and notes. Starting internationally, from the Theater Times, the crisis stage, recently posted by Lara Stahl out of Germany. In times of crisis, we just see how closely reality and fiction really are. What seemed like a world dominated by a single scenario of endless growth and movement turns out to be a capable of drastic change from one day to the next. Lara Stahl analyzes the COVID-19 crisis and gives words to the script that is unfolding around us. Here is a brief reading from this post. How can a column supposedly about theater performance or in the worlds of etc. aesthetic experience function in a world without performances? Not only a world without performances, but without human gatherings full stop, without an audience, without stands, without theaters, without cafes, restaurants, museums, gymnasiums, and clubs, without international traveling, without physical intimacy except for partners, children, and perhaps very close friends. Is this a world defined by isolation, absence, and withdrawal? Impossible as a whole to describe or to capture in images, because life largely takes place outside the public realm within domestic mise-en-scenes hidden behind closed doors and curtains? Or, on the contrary, should we perceive the current state of things as one sizable choreography, as a series of images we already knew from dystopian science fiction films in which people are threatened by all kinds of epidemics and pandemics. 24-7 performance by world leaders who speak to their people from behind their art-directed, empty desks and compare the current crisis to a war? A battle between narratives fighting for their right for approval? Comparisons with theater, performance, film, and fiction have followed each other rapidly in describing the current state of the world. Naomi Klein's reaction to the corona crisis was headlined, We know this script, although she notes that the end of the story has not yet been written. A thorough article by The Guardian entitled, We Can't Go Back to Normal, closes with the words, We're not watching a movie, we're writing one, together, till the end. Only in crisis do we seem to see how closely reality and fiction are connected. What seemed like a world dominated by a single scenario of endless growth and movement turns out to be capable of drastic change from one day to the next. Recently, I moved to a small village. 30 kilometers north of Amsterdam. Outside my window, everything appears as usual. The sheep, farms, and trees behaving just as they did before the crisis. At the same time, nothing is the same anymore because the narrative has changed radically. An invisible reality, viruses are many times smaller than other microorganisms, has been expressed through language and images, and we have all subscribed to the same script. The story that we collectively endorse, which would almost make us think we're all in the same boat, is this. There is a pandemic. Anyone can be affected. So we must stay inside to minimize the chance of infecting others. But a crisis like this rarely stands alone and forces us to ask questions about the world as it was until recently. The word crisis originates entomology, as we theater experts know better than anyone else, from the Greek crisis, meaning distinction or decision. In the Aristotelian model, Crisis precedes the climax and refers to the moment when chaos is at its greatest and the protagonist has to make a decision. Crisis shape history and moment of shock, according to Naomi Klein, are volatile. We either lose a whole lot of ground, get fleeced by elites, and pay the price for decades, 
or we win progressive victories that seemed impossible just a few weeks earlier. A crisis forces us to make a distinction, and some to a decision that will ultimately determine the climax and catastrophe, to remain in theater terminology. Several voices emphasize the intertwined nature of the corona crisis and the climate crisis. Pandemics are a logical consequence of the continuous movement of people and goods and the proximity between wild animals and people becoming smaller. Increasingly restricting the living spaces of animals for the benefit of humans is directly related to the ecological extermination of our planet that we have been steadily heading towards since the Industrial Revolution. Both the coronavirus and the climate crisis require a radically different way of life and can only be achieved through the international cooperation. Both are also the result of global capitalism, for which scientists have been warning us for years, but we have been unwilling to listen to, let alone act. The much-shared article by Yuval Noah Harari, The World After Coronavirus, also emphasizes the idea of making distinctions and decisions. Humanity needs to make a choice. Will we travel down the route of disunity, or will we adopt the path of global solidarity? We are beginning to understand that we will not return to business as usual, and that going back to normal is exactly the problem. But the battle over who will win, who will be the final director of this world stage, is far from settled. If you'd like to read the entire article, please visit thetheatertimes.com. The article is entitled The Crisis Stage and has been posted by Laura Stahl from Germany. From our friends at Stage Directions, Opera America, a COVID-19 updates for relief. New funds for PPP and SBA loans, halt on immigration, arts ed, and teaching artistry amid COVID-19 and NEA awards funds to states. The League of American Orchestras has assembled the following analysts of recent developments regarding COVID-19 relief and related issues, which it has kindly shared with Opera America and other arts service organizations. Congress and the White House are taking final action on the narrowly tailored interim COVID-19 relief bill. The deal adds funding to the existing Paycheck Protection Program administered by local lenders and the Economic Injury Disaster Relief Program administered by the Small Business Administration and provides additional resources for COVID-19 testing and hospitals. Congress is expected to take up a separate package of new and expanded COVID-19 relief measures in the weeks to come and ongoing advocacy will be essential. In the interest of speedy passage of this bill, Negotiators chose not to make substantial changes to the eligibility for the relief programs, which means requests by nonprofit advocates for a dedicated pool of resources and for Congress to lift the 500-employee cap are not included in this measure. The bill has been approved by the Senate and House, and the White House has signaled its support. While there is not a clear answer as to how lenders will be able to administer the new funds, policy leaders say the resources will be rapidly available to lenders. Opera America's COVID-19 Resource Hub provides more information about these and additional forms of relief. Again, if you'd like to read this entire article and all the information within, please visit stagedirections.com. The article is entitled, Opera America, COVID-19 Updates for Relief. And finally, one month later, How the Actors Fund is Navigating a Difficult Time for the Performing Arts Community. This article comes from Playbill. Find out how you can help, from donations to simply sharing resources on your social channels. Broadway didn't wait long to swing into high gear to help one another in the immediate aftermath of Broadway's closure. 
Within days, dozens of new initiatives, fundraisers, and crowdsourced projects had launched, with more to come in the weeks that followed. At the center of many of the community's efforts has been the Actors Fund, very much for everyone in the performing arts, not just those on stage. Since March 18th, the Actors Fund has distributed $6,430,513 to 5,423 people, more than triple the amount normally distributed in a year. Since Governor Andrew Cuomo's ban on mass gatherings began March 12th, the fund has gone from 70 applications a week for emergency financial assistance to around 200 a day, and a normal year's worth of financial assistance in three weeks. With no return date set, that number will only continue to grow. But in addition to financial relief, the fund's usual roster of services, including health insurance, counseling, financial wellness, and more, have added COVID-19-specific sessions, including financial wellness for the entertainment community amid COVID-19, and job search fundamentals amid COVID-19. There are also plenty of ways you can give back without monetary donations. Follow the Actors Fund on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and share their posts and updates. Post the COVID-19 research page to make sure everyone who might need it knows about it, and take a few moments during the day to write a digital note to a senior at the Actors Fund home. If you continue to self-isolate, flatten the curve, be sure to check out these other amazing digital programs. Watch Stars in the House daily at 2 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Eastern, hosted by SiriusXM host Seth Rudetsky and his husband, producer James Wesley, where stars of stage and screen join them to sing, share stories, and raise money for the Actors Fund. Tune into Broadway Jackbox with Andrew Barth Feldman and Alex Boniello, Tuesdays and Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, as they raise money for the Actors Fund. Watch Hump Day with Hampshire every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Schitt's Creek star Emily Hampshire as she interviews celebrities in their natural habitats, be it, be it their bedrooms, kitchens, garages, or closets. It also features quarantine-themed games including Show Us Your Junk Drawer, What Is Your Quora Routine, and Phone a Friend Roulette. All proceeds from viewer donations go directly to the Actors Fund. Check out the Intermission Mission on today's Tick's Instagram. Watch exclusive videos of at-home performances from the Broadway community and consider paying an admission in the form of a donation. Watch viral vignettes on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, featuring original work from your favorite actors of the 70s and 80s. The series showcases 5 to 10 minute vignettes on the Pop Goes the Culture TV YouTube channel. Again, you can find out all the information from this article at playbill.com. Page two. From our friends at Timeout, the best theater to watch online right now. Stream these amazing plays, musicals, and dance shows at home, because right now your couch is the best seat in the house. Many thousands of theaters across the globe lie empty, devoid of performers, audience, artistry, and applause. The worldwide shutdown has hit actors, dancers, and other performing artists hard and shut spe spectators away in isolation. Luckily, the internet has opened up a lifeline, allowing performing arts institutions to keep the lights on, virtually at least. From New York's Broadway and London's West End to the vibrant Australian theater scene and beyond, digital stages have been opening their archives and broadcasting legendary past performances featuring star actors, boundary-pushing directors, and incredible sets and costumes. And although you can't be there in person, these online streaming theater, dance, and opera shows have some advantages over the IRL theater experience. You'll always get the best view in the house, 
and it's often for free. Like you, we can't wait to get back out there and support the theater in person. But for now, here are the best ways to, to bring the experience home. The best theater shows streaming now. You can check out the best New York theaters to stream online, which is updated daily. Time Out New York's lead theater critic, Adam Feldman, rounds up the best theater, opera, dance, and cabaret shows that can, you can watch at home every day, from Broadway smashes to the best of New York City's underground theater scene. You can also check out the best London theaters to stream online right now. Time Out London's theater editor, Andre Lukowski, picks the best streaming shows and, return and platforms to get you a thespian fix while theaters are shut. You can watch Andrew Lloyd Webber's biggest musicals free on YouTube. Starting on what was February, Friday, April 3rd, Lloyd Webber's really useful group in partnership with Universal is offering free access to his back catalog of hugely successful musics. A different Lloyd Webber show will stream each week on YouTube. The National Theatre streams a, a free play every Thursday night. The National Theatre in London has the greatest archive of cinema-quality recordings of stage plays of any theatre on the planet, thanks to its formidable NT Live program. From April 2nd every Thursday, you will see a new National Theatre play released and free to watch for one week. A ballet adaptation of 1984 is streaming for free, and it's great. The prescient details of George Orwell's 1984 feel more contemporary than ever, but for a truly one-of-a-kind spin on the dystopian novel par excellence, don't miss this critically approved 2016 adaptation. You can watch one of Japan's best kabuki plays for free. Tokyo's National Theatre had to close at the end of February, so this performance was recorded in March without an audience. Until April 30th, you can watch the three main acts of the kabuki drama Yoshitsune and the Thousand Cherry Trees, also known as Yoshitsune Senbon Sakura, on the theater's official YouTube channel. Of course, the list goes on and on, and while I'd love to read them all to you, I'll give you the opportunity to discover for yourself. Please visit timeout.com and find the best theater to watch online right now. And speaking of online theater, Here's a story from the Orlando Sentinel by Matthew J. Palm called Virtually Yours, Athens Theater Sells Tickets to Carefully Produced Show. Nate Elliott should have been playing Bert, the chipper chimney sweep in the Athens Theater production of Mary Poppins this weekend. Instead, he'll be hosting Virtually Yours, a night with the Athens Theater. In actuality, Elliott and the other Virtually Yours performers won't be anywhere near the Deland Theater. The entire performance has already been recorded, very carefully, over three days this month. We had it all mapped out, said Athens Artistic Director Craig Upperque. There was one entrance, one exit, and each performer had to wait outside. The stage was empty when the next performer would come in. The cleaning was more complicated than usual, too. We sanitized the stage completely between acts, Upperque said. The final product, a nearly two-hour show that has a touch of filmmaking razzmatazz. Thanks to about 300 hours in post-production, Upperque said, we wanted a highly produced professional-looking show. Luckily, help in the regard was close at hand. Joey Maxwell, owner of the Studio Creative Group in Deland, sits on the theater's board, and his company produced the, rec the recorded review. 
The Athens will share ticket revenue with the commercial video and photography studio. Yes, you read that right. Tickets are required, even if leaving your couch is not. After all, it is a show. We have to be creative survivalists in this time, Upper Q said. It's a fundraiser to make sure we can reopen when the time is right. So far, the theater hasn't had to lay off any staff, but he estimates the theater lost about $40,000 by canceling its production of Mary Poppins after a coronavirus shut down the state's theaters, much of it by issuing refunds to theatergoers. That's not a small number to swallow, Upper Q said. The theater has recouped some money through a GoFundMe campaign and the other donations while looking into government assistant programs, but Upper Q has high hopes that fans of musicals will want to watch virtually yours. The show features Athens performers performing songs for musical acts such as Sister Act, Jekyll and Hyde, Waitress, and Dear Evan Hansen. Elliot reprises a past role with the title number from Singing in the Rain. Don't expect to see costumes, though, for this concert-style production. We went for a black tie affair, Upper Q said of the Fashion Sense. Tickets may be bought at AthensDeLand.com before showtime at 7.30 p.m. April 25th. They are $16 for a 24-hour viewing pass or $50 to download a copy of the show to keep. Patrons must provide an email address where the link to watch virtually yours will be sent. Beyond its practical side, Upper Q has found joy in creating the production. The seats were empty, yet we were able to make art in our theater, he said. This has been so fulfilling. Again, this article comes from the Orlando Sentinel. Before I conclude today's episode, I want to again extend my gratitude to the many members of our armed services, our healthcare workers, our nurses and doctors, our first responders, our police, fire, and emergency service officers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. I would like to leave you with this quote. It comes from frontman Lemmy Kilmeister of the band Motorhead. He said, Integrity is everything to me. I will not die ashamed. I will live on my deathbed knowing that I gave it my best shot. And everything else is meaningless to me. So go out there. Again, give it your best shot. And to hell with the rest. My name is Richard Bryant. And I have been your host. It's April 24th, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles. Day 43. Take care. Be well. And have a good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.